The Earth is even hotter than ever, at least as long as we've been keeping record. Unprecedented temperatures on a global scale. Climate change, El Nino, a warming Atlantic, and this is just the first week of July. Climate change could be more devastating than COVID. The climate's catastrophe, emergency. The big giant map behind me is North America. On the other side of Earth, we have in Antarctica record temperatures there as well. The scientists say this is an alarm bell for how rapidly climate change is oh, happening. My. No, no, oh, we're all going to die. Run for your lives. The climate is changing. But strangely, so has the narrative. Right now, the media is screaming about how hot it is. Oh, that darn global warming. Really? Before that, it was global cooling. In fact, the only constant over the last hundred years of climate fear-mongering is that the experts insist that unless we do what they say right now, the world will end. Here's a newsflash for you. The world's still here. And have you ever noticed that these experts never seem to take their own advice? Well, they're telling us, don't travel. They're flying around in private jets. So what is the real goal here? Because it's clearly not to save the planet. Tonight, climate myths debunked. The real reason elites want you terrified of global warming. Oh my gosh, I love it Wednesday night. It's it's tonight. The special is on. Hello, America. We have enough real problems facing our nation without having to make up new ones. But we're reimagining everything lately. We make up new problems. Well, we don't actually. It's the left's specialties more than uh, anybody else. Just last week, the New York Times had this headline. Is it safe to go outside? How to navigate this cruel summer? Don't go out. Don't go out. Quote, heat, flooding, and wildfire smoke has made it treacherous conditions. Use this guide to determine when it's safe to head out and when you should stay home. Oh, my gosh. What did the experts say? Well, the article recommends, if I may quote, if you must be outdoors, consider wearing an N95 mask to help reduce your exposure to the toxins. Oh. They won't stop until we're all walking around in Darth Vader helmets. Uh, is anybody watching Silo? Because I think that's what's happening right now. Stories like this are so dumb that they wouldn't be worth mentioning, except that more and more this hysteria from the left is driving real policy that affects your life. Don't think so? As I showed you on an episode, I don't know, a couple episodes a couple of months ago, gas stove regulations are not a hoax. In fact, it's just the tip of the iceberg. The Biden administration has created new efficiency rules for 16 product categories. Now, this has just happened this year. So far, they, uh, they cover all dishwashers and microwaves and refrigerators and washers and dryers and ovens. Uh, last Friday, it was, uh, it was water uh, heaters. I mean, 
It's going to be so great. I just love that. Last Friday, the president said, hey, no more gasoline uh, generators because uh, they, they're just too much carbon dioxide or whatever it is that I say is coming out of it. We got to reduce that by at least 50%, 90% with the big ones. Really? You know, nobody makes one of those in the entire planet. No one has one of those, but we'll come up with it. So the extreme climate alarmism that used to be the domain of fringe tree huggers now has moved into the White House, the UN, uh, the EU, Davos, all the corporations, you know, all the places where disastrous decisions are being made by the powerful elite, allegedly, to save you, have it more equitable, save the planet. Yeah, none of that's going to happen. But your life is going to suck if we let them get away with it. Now, that's not just my assessment. They often come out and say it just like that. Like the White House climate czar, John Kerry, recently said in London. They represent literally trillions of dollars, either invested or assets under management or assets owned. And they are making decisions every single day about how to accelerate this transition. Oh my gosh, we should accelerate the transition to zero emissions. Oh my gosh, if we could just do it before we invent anything to replace it, it's going to be great. I thank you, public-private partnerships, rushing in to make massive changes to things that you didn't vote for. Nobody did. Last week, renowned climatologist uh, Elon uh, Elon, uh, Omar uh, said, hold on. Really? She's not? Sorry, I was just told that uh, Elon Omar is, in fact, not a renowned climatologist, but she is a member of Congress, and she's elite, and she's progressive and Marxist, so that's close enough to get the science right. She tweeted, quote, The Earth just broke the record for the hottest day in 120,000 years. In fact, we broke it on three separate days. National climate emergency now. Wow. The hottest day in 120,000 years. Well, I remember the cave drawings where the Caveman had the thermometer. In fact, one of those must have been from a doctor because he had it shoved up the of a T-Rex. I don't think they had thermometers. I don't think we've been keeping records for 120,000 years. Where are you getting all of this, Elon Omar? Now, this type of claim is never really challenged because most of the elite power structure is completely on board with this cry for national climate emergency now. Do we get any more dupes into the boat today? It's hard to exercise the level of control that they want without a good old-fashioned emergency. Oh, control. Sometimes if you're play- paying close attention, they let it slip that part of the climate agenda that's not really in the brochure uh, may not be so pleasant for you. Here's Vice President Kamala Harris earlier this month. 
When we invest in clean energy and electric vehicles and reduce population, more of our children can breathe clean air and drink clean water. Yeah. Yeah. Now, some would say, wait, she didn't actually say reduce population. Others would say, yeah, 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 she did. Freudian slip, or is she saying reduce pollution? Why would you say population? Well, I think it's because reducing the population is kind of the solution to save the world. You know, the world that you see in bad sci-fi movies. Yet now, here's the vice president saying it out loud. Or was it a mistake? The left likes to say that the science is settled, man. When it comes to climate change, you disagree, you should be executed. It's actually not true that the science is settled. For example, after it was widely reported that 4th of July this year was the hottest day on record ever, a group of scientists called the CO2 Coalition examined the data and found the maximum average temperature for July 4th is actually slightly declining since the record-keeping began in 1895. So it's kind of hard for facts and common sense that challenge the main narrative to get any airtime when the rich and powerful are in charge of the narrative. But you got to cut them some slack. I mean, being an eco-warrior, oh my gosh, it is so tough. It is so tough, even under the best circumstances. No, it is. Sometimes leaders like Leonardo DiCaprio have to take a helicopter from their yacht to go to dinner on land. <sighs> you imagine that? Even eco-warriors have to eat, well, not bugs and grubs, of course. Those are for you later. Um, but they got to eat something. And never mind the carbon emissions from their jet and helicopter travel from their big yacht. I mean, haven't you heard the phrase, you got to spend some money to make some money? Same kind of concept, I think. To save the world, you got to be able to travel a lot. Like John Kerry, for example. I don't know if he's ever heard of the word Skype. Yeah, he could Skype in. But no, 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 no. He's got to travel. A report last year found that in his first year and a half as climate czar, Kerry has made 48 trips on a private jet. Now, that has only released 325 metric tons of carbon dioxide, all the while telling all of us we have to drive an electric vehicle or else. Two weeks ago, Kerry said this to Congress about his private jet use. We don't own a private jet. I don't own a private jet. I personally have never owned a private jet. Yeah, he's never owned a private jet. Yeah, but you're flying private jets, so it doesn't matter if you own it or not. You're flying them. But then he suddenly remembered later on this. Article here from February 15th of 2023, the, the John Kerry family private jet was sold shortly after accusations of climate hypocrisy. Uh, Mr. Secretary, do you stand by that testimony Not that you've never I, owned or I personally, your family? I by your family. personally, yes. My wife owned a plane and sold the you plane. Fl- have you airline. flown on a private jet <laughs> in a personal or official capacity since you've taken this position? Possibly once. I, I don't, I think, I just don't, I'm, I'm trying to think. I, 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 uh, I mean, 
I don't wear, I don't have lacy under things. My wife has them. And I mean, yeah, I've put them on a couple of times, but I don't own any lingerie. Hypocrisy is one of the hallmarks of the climate freakout movement. Despite the hypocrisy, the doomsday predictions keep rolling in, which keeps the money rolling in. Funny how the real estate bubble that climate change is supposedly bringing on doesn't seem to affect the elite coastal enclaves like Martha's Vineyard. Hmm. Malibu. Huh. But look. This is totally justifiable in the climate change elitist economy, because only elites can be trusted with the private property. (laughs) You don't let those people do that. They are committed to using their property responsibly. And as for the rest of you rubes, well, get ready to sacrifice, you know, what you own for the greater good. Now, that's not hyperbole. That's an idea from a guy you probably have never heard of, the guy who's the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, Jamie Dimon. What was he saying? In his annual letter to shareholders earlier this year, he said that governments, corporations, and NGOs may need to use eminent domain to get the climate initiatives done that are necessary to save the planet. Hey, you, Rube, off your land. (laughs) Oh, this is going to be great. So, reducing the population. Did I say that out loud? Seizing private property. Oh, no, no, said out loud. nobody, Nobody seems to be alarmed by the leaders of our country and our world talking in these terms. That's weird. No one... On the left? No. In fact, that kind of fascistic talk fits right in with their other bizarre claims in the name of climate change. It makes it impossible to believe anything they say about the science. For example, did you know that tax season is getting longer because of climate change? Or how about underground climate change yeah yeah you thought above ground climate change was bad oh now we're being squeezed by both sides it's crazy they also say climate change is causing the rise in childhood obesity i think it's probably yeah it's climate change that is making people fat Also, did you know that climate change is also inherently racist? Well, how do we know that? Science, man. Experts. The NASA scientists, you know, the rocket scientists, they tell us that climate change is linked directly to white supremacy. Now, I don't know how exactly. I can't explain it, but I'm not a scientist. Although I am a doctor. So... How did we get to this point of insanity? Well, let's take a trip down climate memory lane next. Oh, my gosh, that's scary music. Uh, If you've had a dog for a while now, you might know that most dog food is dead food. I didn't know. Uh, Looks delicious. You know, my uh, 
my niece's son, I don't know, is that my grandnephew? I don't know. Anyway, he was eating the food right out of Uno's bowl uh, when I walked into the laundry room the other day. Uh, he seemed to be enjoying it. Now, I don't know if it's because it had all of that uh, rough greens on it, which I hear is delicious if my dog could talk. This is the thing that naturopathic doctor Dennis Black has figured out years ago that brown is dead food, green is food that is alive. I can tell you from personal experience with my own dog, Uno, that rough greens doesn't just make them healthier, it makes them happier as well. Uno has had, I think, double the life quality. Um, it, it's like, honestly, he was, I think we started when he was like seven or eight. It was like he was three again. Not only stopped him from being the world's pickiest eater for a dog, but it brought back his energy that he had when he was a puppy. I want you to try this. You can get a first bag free. It's a supplement that you sprinkle on the dog's food, and all you have to pay for is shipping. And then watch. See if your dog likes it, and then keep feeding the Rough Greens on top and see the difference in your dog. It's roughgreens.com slash Beck. There is a 75% chance that the entire North Polar Ice Cap during summer, during some of the summer months could be completely ice-free within the next five to seven years. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Do you remember when that happened? He was speaking in a conference in 2009, sharing the prediction that by 2014 or 2016, all or some of the North Pole ice cap during the summer months could be melted completely away. Wow. I remember when that didn't happen. It's still not happening. It's been twice the amount of time he predicted at that conference, and it hasn't happened. These climate doomsday scenarios, they're not new. I actually did not believe my researchers when they brought me this fact. And then they said, no, Glenn, look, one of the first instances of this kind of crazy climate uh, change crap was in 1895. The New York Times reported, quote, geologists think the world may be frozen up again. Wow. Seven years later, the Los Angeles Times warned the opposite would happen. I mean, how big was Los Angeles at the time? Like four people in Los Angeles. The earth was not rushing towards an ice age. No, it was actually getting hotter. The hottest in 120,000 years. The Times insisted that glaciers were disappearing and that they were deteriorating slowly with a persistence that means their final annihilation. And they described this as a scientific fact. Now, why aren't you listening to the science? Really, seriously, listen to the science, man. Are you a science denier? Some things never change. The panic cycle continues today with experts insisting on scientific facts that change year after year, sometimes day to day. Now, Al Gore doesn't need to feel too bad because he has a lot of company when it comes to failed climate predictions. 
For instance, uh, the American Enterprise Institute has put together an impressive list of doomsday predictions that they concluded um, that the climate experts had a record of being correct. Out of 50, they were correct zero times. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Zero out of 50. The AIE or the AEI piece uh, points out that none of the predictions with uh, due dates have uh, ever come true. They also point out that all these predictions were made by respective, respectable people, uh, famous people, scientists, government, you know, that kind of stuff. So here's some examples. Uh, one prediction from 1966. Oil will be gone in 10 years. Wow, didn't happen. 1969, a Stanford professor predicts everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. Wow. Earlier this year, 60 Minutes trotted out that same professor, now 90, who is still predicting climate disaster and human extinction. Here Humanity is. is very busily sitting on a limb that we're sawing off. I and the vast majority of my colleagues think we're, we've had it, that the next few decades will be the end of the kind of civilization we're used to. Wow, that's crazy. Oh, I wish I could just disappear in a cloud of blue smoke. In 1970, urban citizens will require gas masks by 1985. Yeah, uh-huh. Life magazine. 1976, scientific consensus that, plan, that cooling is imminent. Famine's imminent. It's cooling, I'm telling you. Oh, and then in 1988, they said that the uh, Maldives Islands will be underwater by 2018. Um, they're still, you know beaches it's nice 2000 snowfalls are a thing of the past i remember this one people saying scientists saying no way kids won't even know what snow is in 2008 manhattan will be underwater by 2015 so can i ask you a question why do we take these people seriously at all zero out of 50 track record then a few years ago just to restore some of our confidence in the science of climate change, the movement pivoted to a little Swedish girl named Greta Thunberg. Now, if you won't listen to the science, well, surely you're listening to this innocent little girl. Never mind that she's not a scientist or an expert, but she's passionate. The Greta Thunberg era of climate hysteria has been wildly successful in spreading fear. So much so that people are gluing their hands to streets. Oh, <laughs> that's great. They are growing movements. Uh, you have the birth strikers, people who have bought into the hysteria so much they're refusing to have babies until climate change ends, which means you're never going to have a baby because climate crisis will never end. Hello? Please have children. Well, maybe not you, if you believe in all this crap. You, no, you stay the path. Don't have children. 
The American left and the global elite have too much writing on the climate crisis to le- ever let it end, despite the 0% uh, success rate on uh, predicting climate disasters. They are barreling ahead with their solutions anyway. They need to do it at the upper level because you've rejected it. Now, you've heard me mention the concept of 15-minute cities before. In fact, you can read all about them in my new book, Dark Future. Eco-warriors love the concept of 15-minute cities because it means everything you need for living should be within a 15-minute walk or a bicycle ride. No cars allowed, which means no emissions. Now, naturally, a lot of people had a problem with this proposal, which is already being installed in several countries, especially in the wake of COVID lockdowns. Don't go outside. Now, it's not a crazy leap to see what the leftist governments did with COVID lockdowns and imagine what they might do in climate lockdowns. 15-minute city seems like a perfect climate lockdown scenario, doesn't it? Except this time, we wouldn't be searching for a, a vaccine or a booster. No, it's permanent. Last December, Jordan Peterson tweeted this, quote, The idea that neighborhoods should be walkable is lovely. The idea that idiot, tyrannical bureaucrats can decide by fiat where you're allowed to drive is perhaps the worst imaginable perversion of that idea. And make no mistake, it is part of a well-documented plan. Amen! Earlier this year, Mainstream media began labeling any criticism of 15-minute cities as a conspiracy theory. Of course they did. That's what they do. Now, you have to ignore the fact that the World Economic Forum openly discusses its love for 15-minute cities and says things like this, quote, As climate change and global conflict causes shocks and stresses at faster intervals and increasing severity, the 15-minute city will become even more critical. So how is it a conspiracy? One of my favorite current ideas for surviving climate change comes from the White House. It is an epic sunblock idea. The same people that are telling you that New Yorkers can't have pizza, pizza ovens, commoners shouldn't travel. You got to change out your water heater to a new one that nobody's even invented yet. Yeah, they have the brilliant idea, the solution to climate change. It is just this little crazy idea of blocking the sun for a couple of years. I'm serious. No joke. Just a few weeks ago, the White House released a report on geoengineering. Oh, who wants to play God today? Specifically, the report urges more research on solar radiation modification, which is a fancy way of saying we should block the sun's rays and cool the planet. How do we do that? Better living through pharmaceuticals. Yeah, we just put more chemicals into the atmosphere. And that makes fake clouds, and that would dilute the sun rays, which sounds like a swell idea. Maybe, maybe we can build a giant beach umbrella 
And it could reach up to space. Ooh. No, but the umbrella would have that pointy part. We wouldn't want to put a big hole in the ozone layer. If you thought you will eat bugs and you will like it, solution was bad. Well, there are even worse proposals being kicked around by our expert overlords that want to block the sun. Like a NASA-funded program to turn human poop into food. No. How about recycling sewage into drinking water? No. How about this one? Beer made from urine. No. In fact... Anything that I'm putting in up here should not come from anything that comes out down here. Now, you might have noticed a trend. A lot of these people must hate humans and must hate life, which is a really good segue to Klaus Schwab next. Brothers and sisters, climate change. Climate change hysteria, it's kind of a religion. Now, some call this religion climatism. And one of climatism's most important high priests is Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. Now, you might have heard of the man whose father was a Nazi. And like any good priest, Schwab knows his religion inside and out. He knows all the right terminology. Schwab uses a ton of virus, contagion, pandemic metaphors, like how he constantly conflates climate change with a medical crisis. He talked about COVID as being connected to the climate, air pollution, even diseases that come from animals. He talks about climate change as the, quote, environmental virus. Oh, does the earth have a temperature? In his book, The Climate Narrative, which is the sequel to his book titled The Great Reset, he even talks about the importance of turning a big idea into a viral narrative, which, quote, takes off and becomes contagious, making its way into policies as well as business and investor decisions. Wow. This mixing of climate change and virus-related terms, not really an accident. You know, I bet his Nazi dad heard about vermin and things like that, too. Hmm. Schwab credits the development of his philosophy to Bill Gates. Well, I mean, and as a result of that philosophy, Schwab's World Economic Forum became a key influencer in the ESG movement. In fact, the WEF, World Economic Forum, developed the ESG metrics under the guidance of Brian Moynihan, who's the CEO of Bank of America and chairman of the WEF's International Business Council. Isn't that fantastic? Read all about it. Your dark, 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 dark future. Wherever books are sold. Now, Schwab has probably done more than anyone to enshrine ESG into the part of climatism's religion. For Schwab and the WEF, ESG is the yardstick for stakeholder capitalism. Oh, I love that. Now, he devoted himself into making ESG issues political, and his partners in the Global ESG Project helped maintain the smokescreen that ESG is simply about promoting the well-being of people and the planet. 
In January, for example, BlackRock CEO Larry Fink said, Stakeholder capitalism is not politics. It's not social or ideological agenda. <laughs> it's, it's not woke. Hmm. Now, I think I've said this before, but I think maybe we all need a reminder. Uh, whenever the left insists that something is not what people say it is, that definitely means it definitely is what people say it is. Now, for Schwab, what makes climate change such a powerful weapon in the ESG arsenal? Terror, of course. As my father said, you will be afraid. The global power elite keeping people terrified of climate change is the perfect tool for them. Coercion. At the same time, it is fantastic for business. Are you seeing the nice shoes I'm wearing? Without climate change, ESG is a snooze fest. With climate change, ESG has urgency. It has power. You can treat every natural disaster in every hot day or cold day. Every fluctuation in temperature or a cloud or no clouds as a desperate call to action and policy change. Schwab writes in The Great Narrative, Quote, societal pressure and rising activism will accelerate the pace at which companies embrace stakeholder value and will force the reluctant ones to convert to the cause. I think he's talking about you and me. There's ample evidence that consumers increasingly favor products and services from companies that are more ESG compliant. Accordingly, CEOs now consider that adopting sustainable practice is the new price of entry to compete, mm -hmm, especially if you control all the banks. Now, this trend, he says, will amplify as millennials and Gen Z acquire greater prominence in the workforce because we've almost completely hypnotized them. The younger generations continually hammer home the truth that they have a majority stake in what the future yields. Why? Well, because environmental degradation and climate change and rising inequalities, they're all going to have a disproportionate uh, uh, impact in their lifetime. So in light of this, business adherence to ESG considerations will become increasingly relevant. The price of not doing so will just be too high in terms of the wrath of activists. Okay, that's spooky. Um, can I go back to the beginning? Did you catch at the beginning he said, force the reluctant ones to convert to the cause? Yeah, no, this is this is not the Inquisition. No, high priest of climatism? Crazy. Schwab refers to anyone who questions his radical climate agenda as human predators. Hmm. Maybe they make a movie where we take the climate deniers and we make them look like rats. Our old buddy Al Gore also has choice words for those who don't accept the gospel of climatism. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams, they heard the gunshots, and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And 
Law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. Can I tell you something? I am hideously ugly, and I know that. I admit it straight up. You're not watching this because I'm looking good. Nobody's sitting there going, oh, yeah, talk about climate change more. At least I know it. That guy is spooky looking, and I don't think he knows it. America should wake up. This is the kind of incredibly dangerous rhetoric from climate activists, and we're seeing more and more of it. If you don't sign on to all of their solutions, you're basically a child killer. The bedrock behind climatism profits like Al Gore is the United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the IPCC. It's got a new report out. It's much of the religious text for climatism. The reports are accepted and promoted as gospel. You shall not question. Their most recent report released in March and the United, uh, the United Nations Secretary General called it, quote, a survival guide for humanity. It's nothing less than that. And yet past IPCC reports have had plenty of false prophecies. The 2001 version claimed that there would be a decline in severity of snowstorms worldwide. Yeah, it didn't happen. Uh, the 2007 report predicted a lack of rainfall all around the world, which would reduce crops by up to 50%. Wow. That didn't happen either. The 2018 report gave humanity just 12 years to avoid devastating global warming. Oh, I'm so freaked out right now. But it is safe to bet that that prediction will be adjusted multiple times before those 12 years are up. Climatism has one advantage over every other religion in the world. It's amazing access to all forms of media. Now, that is in large part thanks to an organization I bet you've never heard of called Covering Climate Now, CCN, not to be confused with CNN. They were uh, founded to insert climate change into every story, no matter what it's about. CC Now helps news media Quote, cover the defining story of our time with the rigor and urgency it deserves. CC Now was co-founded in 2019 by the Columbia Journalism Review and The Nation magazine. They now have over 460 media partners, including Reuters, Bloomberg, CBS News, NBC, MSNBC, Telemundo, PBS, Univision, and Al Jazeera, among others. CC Now's founders say they believe their project is, quote, the biggest effort ever undertaken to organize the world's press around a single topic. That's fantastic. That sounds like propaganda, but it's not this time. So if you've ever wondered why you see something related to climate change every single day, it's because there's a whole group of people, a concerted, well-funded effort to convert you to calamitism. 
back in a minute with the main culprit for climate change. Imagining what Earth would look like if humans vanished. But this photographer's work <laughs> oh is steeped gosh, no, in it's reality. It's not just a puff of blue smoke. Really We're going to vanish. Reproducing really eerily okay, beautiful here's the thing. results. I don't think we're all here. fascinated by visions of the apocalypse. But those obsessed with climate change, they are fascinated by a world without people. And it is becoming a serious problem. The point of this episode is not to say there's nothing to see here with climate change. I'm not saying it's a hoax. I can read a thermometer. It's not the hottest in 120,000 years. I'm saying there's plenty of reasons to be skeptical of the movement, the power players, its agenda, all of its solutions like blocking the sun for two years. I thought healthy skepticism was one of the basic components of science, although that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. There must be a reasonable space between climate change doomers and deniers. The fact that doomers refuse to allow any room for middle ground or for healthy skepticism is a major reason to oppose their movement. Climatism is a major threat to freedom-loving people all over the world because it's dogmatic and totalitarian. The Biden White House seems to change strategy uh, all the time, and, or maybe it's just a death by a thousand paper cuts, meaning regulations. And it's all done outside of Congress and your vote. Just last week, they unveiled yet another Department of Energy regulation, this time, as I told you earlier, new water heater efficiency standards. In response to the latest rule, a good friend of the program, Representative Thomas Massey, tweeted, Leave us alone! And he goes on to point out that consumers should get to decide these things based on what's affordable for them. But the left is not interested what works for you or what you can afford. Because saving the planet, the planet is always bigger than you. You see what we're up against? Yeah, fanatics. Ford alone is going to lose $3 billion on its electric vehicles this year. $3 billion lost. That follows $2.1 billion loss on EVs last year and $900 million in 2021. If consumer choice mattered, EVs would be a very nice niche market for at least another decade. Consumers are not embracing EVs yet because of multiple factors and problems that we've discussed on past shows. Not to mention EVs are not climate friendly, at least as much as the eco warriors want you to believe. But none of that matters because the climate power elite have already determined that that is your future. No more fossil fuels, period. We'll just make electricity out of reindeer farts. No matter how it alters, complicates or interrupts your life. There is a dark undercurrent of anti-capitalism in the climate cult movement. In fact, they largely blame climate change on capitalism. They say it in a bunch of different ways, and you'll hear him use the phrase pre-industrial, meaning they blame the industrial revolution for climate change. I know, I know. I blame it also on x-rays and penicillin and indoor plumbing. All of those things are horrible. 
hadn't been for those darn industrial kids, we still would be riding horses and pushing hand plows. Oh, those were the days. To the climate cult, the Industrial Revolution is code for capitalism. Undermining and even destroying capitalism is not the solution to climate change. The destroy capitalism approach is a bit like resorting to a lobotomy as a a cure for mood swings with PMS. Oh, actually, that's what lobotomies were originally designed for by a progressive scientist. The Marxists who are part of the climate cult don't seem to understand this. If they were smart, they'd try to use the markets instead of destroying them. But being good Marxists, their main objective is to make everyone as miserable as they are. The Just Stop Oil movement is great at this, disrupting sporting events, throwing soup on priceless paintings. Oh my gosh. You know you're obnoxious when when the people on your own side just find you really annoying. The left mostly seems to hate America. At the very least, a majority of the left is not proud of America and holds negative views of America and capitalism. Largely, they equate America with capitalism. Both of them are evil, so they should cancel each other out. The irony is that their new religion of climatism is far greater, a far greater threat to humanity than they think capitalism is. If the left truly cares about solving climate change, they need to understand that my way or the highway approach will not work and ends usually in death camps. They will have to work with people who disagree with them instead of attacking them. And it might actually revolve around compromise. Tell each other the truth. From Idaho, good night, America.